0: All right, I am ready. Thank you so much for joining me today because as you all know, we're doing My Child is a Genius, the back to school launch. And I just truly believe that all children are geniuses because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We also are like snowflakes. Everybody's different. If everybody was the same, that'd be super duper (laughs) boring. (laughs) (laughs) So today I have a wonderful, Crazy, flamboyant, in your face, love you to pieces, teacher. <laughs> hi hi kitty. Hi
1: <laughs> now I know
0: you, but can you just give me a little bit of back a little bit of background about yourself?
1: I am a mom. I have a lot of kids. I lost track. No. Um I have a biological kid, three step kids, and four foster kids that have either grown up or live back with their parents but you know they never they never really grow up they never grow up and they never really go away (laughs) uh so and i also uh teach second grade in west philadelphia um which is a really fun job really fun job and um i grew up uh i grew up in delaware um and uh Mostly around my father's family, and I, I grew up with a strong sense of identity as being mixed Native and white. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was a was a tribal historian who worked really hard to make sure that our um, our community's tribal like like historical legacy and yeah. um, archaeological legacy was kept like in the forefront. And he spent about thirty years and a lot of his own resources making sure that that came to fruition. So he uh he, he taught me very early on that it was very important to understand uh exactly what had happened and when it had happened and why.
0: Wow. Wow. That is first of all that's dynamic to have someone who's a historian and you don't yeah. have to like look through books created by other people who may or may not
1: be omitting history which we know happens like crazy. uh-huh Especially when I, I, mean, I read this new
0: history book and it said it changed the word slaves to indentured servants. Or yep. And I was like, oh, well, that's crazy. <laughs> so I think that's so dope that, you know, you know your history as, as being native. And you have a great handle on pretty much society and social injustices and just different ways of life. Now, being a teacher, second grade teacher, in west philadelphia what or how important do you think understanding just the the social and economic environment is for you to be an effective teacher
1: it's super important i mean I, I don't think well no kid lives in a vacuum right that's what they keep telling us and um i think that it's really important to remember that like our kids are coming to school every day with a whole history behind them you know so every kid walks into the classroom not just with their family history but also with their class history and their racial history and their ethnic history and that's all that all informs us and makes us who we are we're just we're just a cumulative accumulation of the stories of our ancestors we're not like you know we didn't magically spring out of the ground with nothing behind us so knowing that I have kids coming to school in my classroom who are facing the you know, injustices of living in a rapidly gentrifying neighborhood, right? Like, you know, when, whereas two, three years ago, maybe they had three, four aunts and uncles and their grandparents right down the street. Now, um, the historically black parts of our community are being, you know, turfed out for lack of a better word. And the rental prices have gotten so ridiculously high that if you don't own your house, like you probably can't stick around here. So, um, you know, knowing just in the immediate term that they're coming in with a lot of kids are dealing with that in their family lives. Like that's super disruptive. Um, but then also like on a bigger and more historic scale, right? Like, like knowing that this is a neighborhood that was redlined, um, pretty heavily. So knowing the history of my school that I work at, that it's on the other side of 48th street and historically 48th street was that line of like, Oh, I'm on one side of 48th Street, it's a good neighborhood. On the other side of 48th Street, a bad neighborhood. And right. if you walk up further past 48th, then you start getting into that bad neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, understanding that in a, in a like historical context. But then also like the story of the Great Migration and the story of uh, the, housing, the Housing Act of the 1930s and how that eliminated black and brown people from owning property in certain neighborhoods. Just Just knowing that. Knowing that informs how I present stuff to the kids. And you can talk about institutionalized racism with kids at their level because guess what? They already know that it exists. They do. They They know from the beginning that it exists. And, you know, for black and brown kids, it's important to give them voice because you can feel crazy if you're walking out in the world. Like, it can feel maddening if you look around you and you see it but nobody's giving it a word and nobody's giving it a name or a context or empowering you to do something about it. It can, it can be maddening. And for white kids it's even more important. Like white kids need to understand and recognize that they're um, benefiting from these systems of institutionalized racism and they need to start questioning it. Like I would say from the beginning. Right. Um, And with my kids, like we talk about these things and we use very explicit language, you know, I caught my stepson spitting at somebody the other day, and I was like, no, no, no. Right. And it's rude, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. So but, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but also, there is a history that's not that old, where a white kid could spit at a black kid, yeah. and there would be no consequences. Right. right.
0: Right.
1: So, you know, as a white kid, like, nobody should spit at anyone. But like you, especially have to understand that if you spit in the direction of somebody, that it might get taken a certain way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And those, I think, those those social cues and understanding historical context is very, very, very important. Um, not just for you know white kids, but for black kids. Like you said, you grew up knowing your history. Mm-hmm. Our kids, unfortunately do not know their history like you know they should or we don't know our history like we should because it seems to get hidden and snow oh yeah oh yeah covered up with a whole bunch of other things and it's almost like a whole illusion to even your existence right just being black and brown like you have this weird kind of treasure map that's like this treasure hunt that you have to go (laughs) on and it's like yeah freaking ridiculous you know right Um, but being a a teacher and knowing that you're going to have to teach subjects that um i guess include christopher columbus like how do you like now we know we have the internet we have all of these cool videos we have you know history at our fingertips how do you i guess bring the truth out of it without like freaking kids completely out like how do you how do you <laughs> like, I, I mean because i freaked my son out i did last year <laughs> ryan came home with this hat with chris oh yeah day and I was, I he said yeah christopher columbus is a good man i said oh no 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 christopher columbus was a freaking monster <laughs> <laughs> and he sat down at the computer And I show him Adam Ruins Everything. And we went through that little historical trip, the animated version. But I'm like, do you see how many people were slaughtered? (laughs) He didn't find anything. He just came. That's like going in somebody else's house and freaking killing everybody. And then just forwarding. Exactly.
1: That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, no, Ziggy came home with that same hat. And I just like, I started shaking. I had to like. I had to give it over to my husband. I had to be like, I really need you to do this right now because oh. I will oh. scream. Yeah. You yeah. But I mean, I, I was able to reach out to this teacher and give her some resources and say, hey, maybe you don't know this. And right. she, you know, she legitimately didn't.
0: Right. Right. And that's because, why. Because,
1: I- like, what's a suburban white girl from South Jersey going to? Like, it's not going to come across her death. It's
0: not. It's not. You know? You know? It's, it's, I mean, come on. In history class, we, we celebrate what? Christopher Columbus, um, Black History Month, or we...
1: Manifest celebrate- Destiny. <laughs> don't forget Manifest Destiny.
0: <laughs> like, dude, I don't even, like, growing up, I didn't, I, I only think we did three. Yep.
1: Maybe. Now, Manifest Destiny is one of my least favorites. I mean, I remember my fifth grade teacher... Um, you know, we were doing what the American Revolution, and my fifth grade teacher was like, "All of the Delaware Indians are dead." <laughs> and there were like three tribal enroll kids in his class, and uh, I came home and I told my dad that he came up to the school the next day, pounded on my teacher's desk like just he was a big man with like crazy thick black hair yeah. that like went straight up in the air. He just like pounded on his desk and. Like, I remember just like rage right. and uh, I he got banned from my school. But, <laughs> but reason. that was a good reason. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> right. Totally
0: worth it. But I mean, yeah, you are, I would say, very rare because you're a teacher who is culturally sensitive. Like you're not just opening a book and taking it at its word. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, okay, I hope great. So. Oh, I guess slaves were indentured servants because they came over here by choice. You know, like okay, like that kind of stupid stuff, and that gets regurgitated. Yeah. And then it comes home to me as a black parent
1: to <laughs> a project. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's not that's not happening in my classroom, and even right. in the slightest. So And I mean Is that my boy?
0: That is Roycey. He went back. Oh. To you. Ah, okay. ah, ah. But um like how how are you going to handle these things?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think I'm not going to be afraid of the R word, right? right? right. I want kids to say like, hey, let's identify what for what it is. This is called institutionalized racism. Right. And you're not crazy. I mean, they think uh, so. Child psychologists have looked into like how when the kids' understanding of race happens, yeah. and it's around four or five. So if I'm teaching second grade, they're a couple years into their like analysis and understanding of race. And our school, our school is legitimately diverse. Like it's yeah. it's a diverse school with a diverse student body, not just yeah. you know. I remember when I was student teaching, I student taught at a predominantly black school, and one of my classmates was like oh, you're at this school. That's a really diverse school. And I said to her, 98% black is not diverse. That's 98% black. (laughs) And, and she just looked at me, I was like, diverse means that you actually have like a bunch of people with a bunch of different perspectives. like And we need to to talk about those perspectives. We need to give, you know, space to most, most of them. And, um, (laughs) you know, we need to talk because like, You know, and it's about, it's about having a conversation. It's about being really honest. And, and, uh, you know, my son, he's, he's white. I mean, for all intents and purposes, like a DNA test might say something else, but he's a white kid and he's a white boy and he's a white boy of educated parents in America. So, you know, he's coming into the world with a whole lot of privilege. Right. Right. And, you know, and I explain it to him, you know, say things like, well, Hey, so, you know how your stepmom's family has a beach house and that's really lucky for you but not everybody gets access to that beach house right and you know when you assume that everybody has what you have you've got to understand that that's not that's not the case and it might make somebody feel like they're not good enough because they don't have the cool thing that you have right and like let's talk about like how can you be excited about the cool thing that you have without making somebody else feel bad they don't have that too that's
0: pretty good that's like really 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 good you know because i i remember watching this episode of blackish and they were talking about the the talk that parents that generally black parents have to have with their sons Mm -hmm. and you know throughout the show they were discussing different talks that you know everybody has to have with their child like you said this is um this is a talk that you have to have with your son about understanding that not everybody has the same um access to different luxuries right and other women have to you know tell their daughters maybe you need to cover up and this isn't you know valued a certain way this is viewed a certain way so everybody has their quote-unquote talk i just think it's very important to have it you know as as you can And like you said, kids know about race early as four or five. They understand differences in, you know, um, skin. So for somebody to say, I don't see color.
1: It's malarkey.
0: It's malarkey and it's very offensive. Like you're just going to pretty much erase my existence and call it null just because you want this pseudo equality kind of thing you know what i mean right
1: because it can't be equality if everybody's starting off in all these different places right whether you're talking about class or race i mean and in america you know understand that class and race tend to tend to be very close together right but even even within class if you're poor and poor white like and i've seen this with my own two eyes like you can change the way you talk you can change the way you dress you can change the way you cut your hair and now you got a whole different world than what you grew up in exactly and for white people it's that easy
0: it is that easy because (laughs) i was looking i mean we were driving somewhere and it was this white guy kind of grungy with a homeless you know sign up like uh i'm homeless anything helps i'm like buddy if you just washed your face combed your hair and walked right into that, right eight across the street, you'd get a job.
1: Exactly. It's like. Exactly. But then my, my foster son, who moved out to Alaska because he thought that it would be safer than Philly, because he, he got stopped. He got stopped. Uh, there was a summer, he was working nights and um, like coming home late at night. And I, I kept my phone on all night on loud because he got stopped by the cops so many times. Wow. Just for being a very large, dark-skinned black boy out on the streets at night. And it's like, he's coming home from work. Right. But, like, you know, he decided to go, because I have family in Alaska, so he decided to go to Alaska, and he kind of loves it. Because yeah. it's, like, it's nothing like Philly, Right. Um, And he's really enjoying it up there, which is great. And he's really found his home. But even still, like, he's often the only black guy at work. And he's, like, you know, he's, yeah. he's constantly, like, second guessing you know why why won't this girl date me why won't you know this manager give me the benefit of the doubt and it's like even you know even though it's not as dangerous for him there Mm -hmm. with the cop situation as it was for him here yeah it's still like he's constantly sort of up against this and he's the most reliable sweet like you know, hardworking kid in the world. We don't even get, we don't get <laughs> can't even benefit. get the benefit of the doubt. We not get
0: the benefit of the doubt. And this is just ridiculous to racism itself is mental illness.
1: It you is it's I mean? a mental illness. Cause yeah. you're
0: like, you don't like me because of something I cannot change. I cannot take this. Uh-huh. I can't. No, you can't i i mean i can bleach it
1: <laughs> you're
0: still not going to be white you know please yeah, I mean? don't, don't do that it's not <laughs> it's just like and i've seen black people bleach their skin and they yeah. have like a naked mole rat like it's ridiculous yeah you know,
1: it's,
0: it's almost like the people who condemn you for being who you are want to be like you without giving you credit for it
1: that's the thing that always kind of tripped me out is that like you know i had on the one hand i had my granddad trying to like put uh, you know, SPF 100 and like long sleeve shirts on me every summer because he didn't like how brown I'd get in the sun. Right. And then on the other hand, I have like girls at school like showing off their tan lines. And they're like, Can y'all like come to an agreement? Hey, <laughs> <You just> agree. <laughs> I'm like, am I supposed to get tan or am I not supposed to get tan? I don't know what you want from me here. Mental
0: Ill. I just stopped trying to figure out the Very weird
1: it's very weird
0: (laughs) but kitty i just thank you for your contribution to society like honestly i thank you for being the reliable person that gets it the white person who can talk to other white people and let them know like you're messing up like this is not it you know what i mean being a voice for those who don't get a benefit of the doubt you know being a face for people who are never, you know, seen or never heard yeah. because they're not given a chance. So I think you being a second grade teacher and shaping young minds this early is going to be phenomenal. Like, they're I'm going excited. To come out. You're, I mean, you're just great. And I wanna, I just want to know for this year, what would be your message to other teachers?
1: <laughs> is that my boy?
0: Not a good. Yes, that is him.
1: Hi, baby. He
0: cried and now he's like, ha ha. Mm everybody don't fall don't fall
1: you're about to fall oh god don't fall not on, not on the camera not on the camera please okay. <laughs> you hear loud doom, like <laughs> so my message to other teachers
0: yeah
1: don't be afraid to talk about it
0: right, right.
1: don't be afraid i mean that's that's something that's built into white culture and it's only white culture. Wow. You know, other cultures, other like ethnic groups and racial groups in America talk about it because you have to. Right. Because for black and brown people in America, like you're up against it every day.
0: Every
1: day. And so, you know, white teachers in Philadelphia, unfortunately has majority, majority white teachers and the, you know, like, almost 50% black school district,
0: of course,
1: which is not cool. Although I will say I had to go to orientation last week, last week. And, um, there were much more black teachers in that orientation than I had anticipated. It still wasn't quite the levels that it needed to be, but I feel like maybe the school district hiring office is like, they got that memo. I think and
0: that's, that's super important for black teachers and especially black male teachers.
1: Oh my God, yes. Let's yes. See. I have some theories about why we have so few black and brown teachers. Hi, some hey. Hi. Say hi, ladies. Hi. Oh. Hi, man. baby. Very well. But yeah, I mean, I think, um, so this is like a little bit of a tangent, but I think that one of the reasons why we have such a disparity in education these days, is because when I was a kid, I, I wouldn't say it was like half my teachers were black and brown, but I had a, I had a healthy number of black and brown teachers yeah. in my school. And this was even in, you know, central Delaware. Wow. And my, I feel like my teaching, if I go back through in my mind, all my teachers in elementary school, it was mixed. It was a mixed group. Um, but I think with No Child Left Behind, they started putting these high stakes, hi baby, these high stakes, uh, you know, learning requirements on. So now it's like to even get in the door with education you should be dually certified with a master's degree and I put myself into like massive amounts of unsustainable debt because I was I was sold this idea that you know teaching my family path, like teaching is what we do so I kind of always wanted to be a teacher but I had to go into massive amounts of of debt that I will literally never pay off um because I had to have this master's degree and I had to have this certification. And then, right. you know, in Pennsylvania, we have to keep going back and taking classes and taking classes and taking classes. It's like, you got to pay for those classes. Right. These are mandated to keep your certification, but one of these programs can cost $10,000. And so, you know, it's not like they really pay us all that great. Right. And then on top of it, you're expected to keep putting out money to, you know, bump up to the next level because you have to keep progressing because No Child Left Behind said you have to have these highly qualified teachers. So now it's like, you know, if somebody wants to go into education and they either don't want to or are not in a position to be able to take out student loans,
0: right?
1: you're kind of, you know, you're not doing so great. And I really wish I'd done some more research because I got sold this idea that I'd be able to like. You know, if I if I out the extra money and I got the master's degree and I got the extra certification, I'd be making so much more a year. And that just hasn't really played out the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, here we are, 10 years later, and my student loans have almost doubled just because of the crude interest. Exactly. Because I've never, I've, there's only been two years in the last 10 years that I've made the threshold on the income based repayment plan to even meet the monthly minimum.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's sickening
1: in, in itself. So I'm accruing all this extra interest on loans that I'll never pay off and it's keeping me from being able to buy a house, keeping me from being able to pay for my own kids to go to college. Like, right. you know, we've already told our kids, like, you're on your own, baby. Like, right. Right. we love you, but that's just not, that's not in the cards for us. So mm. yeah, I'm not going to be able to pay for my kids if they want to go on and continue our family tradition of education. It's like, Sorry. Get good grades in high school. Find a scholarship. Go
0: play. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, that is a harsh reality for a lot of people.
1: Right. And if, you know, if we go with the whole context story of like that class and race in our country, it falls very much along the same lines, right? Like, like families that have assets. I know my dad's family did not have the same kind of assets that my mom's family had. Because just being able to hang on to to a house was going to be hard, right? But my mom, my granddad was able to take full advantage of the GI Bill after World War II. He came from a stable middle class family. Like I mean that that rolled down the generations. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, even though I would probably, if I asked them, they wouldn't say that they were well off or whatever compared to my dad's family, they absolutely were.
0: Yeah.
1: And my dad's family was well off and stable compared to other branches of my own family you know that have had a much harder time get, gaining that stability and that you know class like solidity uh, you know and it's hard because it's not like it's not like the middle class is sitting there with open arms saying hey come join us everybody right like that's just not a, not a reality not. so you know knowing that people have struggled and knowing that like the children of immigrants and like the children of of black families that have been redlined out of existence are now being gentrified out of their neighborhoods and out of their community structures like I mean these are all things that are real 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 big issues and we're not talking about it and it's disingenuous to say oh every kid's gonna go to college like that's not that's not reality
0: not reality
1: and then you know you get kids that are like they're told their entire lives by their you know middle-class white teachers oh you should go to college you can be whatever you want you can do all the right things and then they get to high school and they're like I'm gonna go to college and then it's like okay but how are you gonna pay for it right where's okay. the money gonna come from
0: and that's why I think it's our job to help them understand what their genius factors are In order to generate momentum, to get them on the right direction. Like like, we spend too much time in things that are just not in our sphere. Like it's just not. So, thank you, Kitty. Thank Thank you, you. Keisha. And I, I hear people coming.
1: (gasps) Hey, Hey. hi. 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 How's it going? Good. Are you ready? They're hungry ready for third grade
0: no (laughs) why not okay goodbye (laughs) that That is clear hunger talking So, thank you so much um i'm putting this up on our facebook page my child is a genius and it'll also be available on itunes so your child is is a a genius yeah you're a star you are thanks
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bye. I'm gonna go
0: be a good mom now.
1: <laughs> <Do it. laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Get those boys a kiss for me. I
0: will.
1: Ah. Ah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>